Thank you for joining us at the First Baptist Church of Coleraine, Massachusetts, as Pastor Jim Rennie continues to faithfully challenge and encourage us in the Word. And it is our prayer that this message will encourage the believer and bring the unbeliever closer to a saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, good morning and welcome to the First Baptist Church here in Coleraine, Massachusetts. We'd like to welcome you who are listening, who are watching, wherever you may be. If you'd like to turn to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 20, and we're going to be reading from verse 20 to 28. Today is Mother's Day, 2022, and the title here is A Mother's Request. So let's listen to the word of the Lord. Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to Jesus with her sons and kneeling down and asked a favor of him. What is it you want? He said. She said, grant me that one of these two sons of mine may sit on your right and the other at your left in your kingdom. You don't know what you're asking, Jesus said to them. Can you drink the cup that I am going to drink? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, you will indeed drink from my cup, but to sit at my right or my left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared by my Father. When the ten heard about this, they were indignant with the two brothers. Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. And just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Amen. May God give us understanding of his word this morning. Let's have a word of prayer. Our loving Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for another day. We are thankful that you are sovereign, that you are Lord, that you are in control amidst all the things that happen to us and in the world. Nothing has taken you by surprise. We are thankful for the mothers that we may have or may have had. And uh, may we remember them today as you loved your mother and she was there at the cross as you suffered so brutally and she became a true believer and a follower 
of not just Jesus of Nazareth, but Jesus the Messiah. So give us understanding, encourage us this morning, and save those that need to be saved. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Well, obviously, today is the day we remember the mothers. Whether you're a mother, you definitely had a mother, otherwise you wouldn't be here. Thank God for a mother who cared for you, who taught you right from wrong. Amen? Amen. Of course, there's always some people that take their mothers for granted. Like one Mother's Day morning, this son got up and he asked his mother, Hey, Mom, how about breakfast in bed today? And she said, Oh, that'd be really nice. He says, Great, then I'll have bacon, eggs, (laughs) sausage, and toast. (laughs) Boom, boom. Okay. We'll get that out of the way. But regardless of what kind of children a mother may have had, Christian mother hopes and prays that their children would grow up to be strong, to be healthy, amen, Amen. and learn to love Jesus. You know, and that's the most important thing when you boil it all down. A man who became very famous once said, and I'll give you his name in a minute. He said this about his mom. He said, I cannot tell you how much I owe to the prayers of my good mother. I hope I can get through this. Come on, Jimmy. I remember her once praying, Lord, if my children go on in sin, it will not be from ignorance that they perish. And my soul must bear swift witness against them at the day of judgment. If they lay not hold on Christ and claim him as their personal savior. That was Charles Hatton Spurgeon. Young Charles got saved in a Methodist chapel at the age of 15 and went on to be the Prince of Preachers who led thousands and thousands of people to Jesus Christ in the 19th century due to the prayers of a loving mother. Of course, uh, we cannot force our children to love God, neither should we, but we must do all that we can to teach them about Jesus. So they too can know the way to be saved. That's the most important thing a person can ever know, the way to be saved. Because that determines where we will spend eternity. Whether they choose to follow the Lord when they're older, well, that's up to them, right? You can lead a horse to water. You can't make them drink. Someone says, yes, you can. Give them salt. (laughs) And we are the salt. Amen. So we learn about James and John. I don't know whether they put their mother up to this, to put a good word in for them. In Jesus' future kingdom, which hasn't happened yet, they thought it was going to take place. But of course, it couldn't before he was crucified buried and rose again from there. One day 
he's coming back to set up his kingdom. They thought he was going to do it there, there and then. One day he will. Read about the mother of Jesus. Don't know her name. Know James and John's dad's name, Zebedee, but not her name. Doesn't tell us. This says the mother of James and John. Two of Jesus' disciples, otherwise known as the Sons of Thunder. The Sons of Thunder. Now, they didn't get that name because they're reading too many refried beans. Or eating too many baked beans. No, these boys had a real temper. You know what I'm talking about. They had a bit of a temper, a real temper. That's why they were called the sons of thunder. Not because they were mama's perfect little angels. Oh, no, no. But this same John, he's the one that went on to write the Gospel of John and he also wrote the book of Revelation, which, Lord willing, we'll be getting back into next week. So when they were growing up, their mother believed her sons would naturally carry on in the family business. Business that had been going back to their forefathers from generation to generation before them. What was that business? Not monkey business? It probably was with those two. <laughs> sons of thunder? She really had to keep an eye on them, I tell you what. No, the fishing business. They were fishermen by trade. And she could never have dreamt that her sons would give up everything to become a follower of Jesus Christ. They gave up everything. But you know what? You don't give up everything to follow Jesus. You gain everything when you follow Jesus. Amen? While our sons were young, their mother, being a, good mother, being a good Jewish mother, would have done her level best to teach her sons about God. Through the law of Moses, the first five books, the Pentateuch, the Torah, she would recite the Ten Commandments to them until James and John would have finally understood who God is and hopefully live by his statutes when they grew up and became men. She would have told them about the Messiah, the coming Messiah, which the Jews, majority of them, if they're not Christians, are still waiting for the Messiah to come. Yes, he will come back, but he's already been and gone. And his name is Jesus. She would have told him about the Messiah who would come to set up his kingdom on earth, never believing that those two sons of hers would follow the Messiah and be part of his kingdom reign. One day he's going to come back and rule and reign in righteousness. Not happened yet. First time he came... He came as a savior. The second time he's coming, he's going to come as a judge. These two boys had a mother like most mothers who wants their best for their children, wants the best for their sons. Who doesn't? What mother doesn't want the best for their children or father? Materially, 
physically and spiritually. And if mothers really want the best for their children, they should teach them about Jesus from an early age, if that's possible. It's not always possible. I know. I didn't become a Christian until I was 31, and my parents weren't saved either. But thank God, in her old age, my mother became a believer in Jesus Christ. Proverbs 22.6. Train up a child in the way he should go, or she. And when he is old, he shall not depart from it. One day, while these two brothers were out fishing, before they followed Jesus as their, their disciples, Jesus passed by on the shoreline, and he called them. Johnny, Jimmy, to become fishers of men. And I'm sure their dear mother must have had some worries, some concerns, giving up the family business, giving up the finances. Where would this all lead? Giving up their livelihood, profession, to follow some total stranger named Jesus, whom she didn't even know at that time. Of course, she went on to become a believer later on. And like most mothers, she must have been worried about their safety. Jesus was always in danger. Worried about their future. Now, most mothers, I don't care how old you are, mothers worry about you. Amen? Don't you, mothers? My, my mother worried about me. Even I was, you know, a grown man, middle-aged and some. She's still worried about me. Because that's the way they are. You know, they, they care about you so much and they want the best for you. They worry about your safety. They worry about your future. And she knew, though, that these boys that became men, he wanted, Jesus wanted them to become not fishers of fish, but fishers of men. And that's the greatest calling a person could ever have in this world, higher than any king, higher than any president. And they chose the right path. They chose the path to follow Jesus, and that was the right choice. It's always the right choice to follow Jesus. Do you, have you made that commitment to follow Jesus? You know, there are, the Bible talks about being two gates. There's two paths that all people take. They either take one path or they take another path. They either go through one gate or they go through another gate. Hear what Jesus has to say in Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 and 14. He said, enter by the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter it are many. 
For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life and few there who find it. Christians are on the narrow road that's leading to heaven. Those who haven't received Jesus Christ as their personal savior are on the broad road that leads to destruction. Either Jesus told the truth or he didn't. And we know he did. He says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And no man comes to the Father except through me. A mother's love never weakens. And so it was with the mother of James and John. She never tried. She did all that she could to make things better for her two sons. So one day she came to Jesus to try to put a good word in for her two sons so they could be promoted in his coming kingdom. And although her request wasn't granted, at least she tried to advocate for her children, advocate on her children's behalf. You know, there's nothing so bold as a mother who protects and fights for her children. It's like a, a she-bear, you know, protecting a cub. Mama bear protecting her little cubs, you know. Thank God for mothers who wants the best for their children, who never give up on them, do their best to promote them, to be the best that they can be. That's a good mother. That's what a good mother should be. That's what a good mother does. Amen? Thank God for mothers who believed in us when nobody else would. Amen? When others didn't, they did. They believed in us because they knew us better than anybody else. They gave birth to us, carried us in their womb, suffered excruciating pain. I've never been through it. Thank God I was born a male. <laughs> you poor women. But don't blame me. Blame Eve. So mothers, unconditional love. That's what a good mother is. Does it matter? You know, how you end up, whether good or bad, a mother's love is unconditional. So mothers and fathers, of course, have a tremendous responsibility to raise their children and to teach them about Jesus. You know, our society, I don't need to remind you, is in big trouble. It's going to get worse. And one of the reasons is that some parents, they either don't know or they've forgotten their responsibility to teach their children about Jesus Christ. You know, once we're taken out of this world, it's going to be havoc on this, on this earth. So much worse, because Christians are going to be taken out. Parenting, I think Dr. Anyway, whatever his name is, I can't think of it right now. He said, parenting is not for cowards. Have you learned that yet? Parenting is not for cowards. 
Parents need, what a great responsibility. Not just to talk the talk. It's easy to talk the talk, isn't it? It's a lot more difficult to walk the walk. We've got to be careful to walk the walk and talk the talk in front of our children and not be a stumbling block to their spiritual growth, their spiritual progress. Someone wrote this about parenting. If a child lives with criticism, he learns to condemn. If a child lives with hostility, he'll learn to be angry. If a child lives with ridicule, he'll learn to be shy. If a child lives with shame, he'll learn to feel guilty. But if a child lives with tolerance, he'll learn to be patient. If a child lives with encouragement, he'll learn to be confident. If a child lives with praise, you learn to be appreciative. If a child lives with fairness, you learn to be just. If a child lives with security, you learn to have faith. If a child lives with approval, he learns to like himself. If a child lives with acceptance and friendship, he will learn to find love and love others in this world. If a child grows up in church and learns to love God, he or she will never forget it. They'll never forget it if they're raised from an early age in church. Now, whether they walk away from the faith when they grow older that's their choice. But I'll tell you one thing, they'll never forget what they learned in church from an early age. They'll never forget it. The Bible says that children are a gift from God. Most of the time. <laughs> no, they are, you know that. And he has given mothers the greatest ministry to mold and to train them in the ways of the Lord. And those mothers that do that will be honored and rewarded for their commitment to Jesus Christ one day. You may not get much thanks in this life, but you'll receive your reward from Jesus in heaven one day for your faithfulness in the efforts that you put in on behalf of your children. Someone says, I think there was a poem written about it, the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. I was thinking of Margaret Thatcher, that just came to mind. <laughs> Not that guy in Russia though. His world's gonna be rocked sooner, sooner than he thinks. We can thank our mothers for their dedication, for their hard work. It's not in vain, Mom. 
never been in vain. Their patience, all oh, their patience. I tried my mother's patience <laughs> to the nth degree, but she still loved me. And their faithfulness, their faithfulness. And you know, the best description that we can come up for mothers is a servant. You say, what? Yes, you heard me. A servant, now. That doesn't sound very glamorous, does it? Being a servant. It sounds like you're somewhat of a second class, third class, fourth class citizen. In fact, many people would look upon servants as being somewhat inferior. But that's not the way God sees them. Listen again to what Jesus said to his disciples who were jockeying for promotion in his coming kingdom. This is what he said. You know, disciples, that the rulers of the Gentiles lord, lord it over them and their high officials exercise authority over them not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. Whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Remember that when you're working around here or laboring within the church as a servant. That's the greatest thing that you could do. And being a mother who is a servant, that's the greatest calling a person could ever have in this world, to be a servant. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, we're talking about the creator of the universe who came in the form of a man. God, who humbled himself and became a man, who came to serve and to give his life, Jesus says, as a ransom for many. Now, being a servant is the best compliment that God can give to mothers. Why? Because they imitate the greatest human being who was ever born. The greatest human being who was ever born. Being in the form of God, humbled himself and became a servant to all by giving his life a ransom for many to pay the price for your sin to pay the price for my sin on that cross, shedding his pure, sinless blood in order to bring us to God, in order to reconcile us to God, in order to have our sins forgiven so we could go to heaven. We greatly appreciate you, mothers. We applaud all the mothers, whether living or deceased, who did the best that they could 
to raise their children, none of them are perfect, to raise their children the best way that they could, the best way that they knew how. That's all you can do, isn't it? That's the best that you can do. Amen? Let's close in a word of prayer. Father, again, so thankful to be here in the house of the Lord, thankful for those that are listening, tuning in, those that are here. Thankful for our mothers, and uh, thankfully, we can see them once again for those that have received you as their personal saviour. And I hope and pray those that are listening to this message, wherever you may be, you need to be saved if you want to go to heaven. That was the whole purpose, why Jesus came. The sinless one, born of a virgin, Mary, his mother, who he was without sin. He offered up himself as a perfect sacrifice, as a blood sacrifice that not only covers our sin but completely takes it away. We won't have to face eternal damnation in hell because Jesus paid the penalty. Jesus paid the price for us on that cross. And once we believe that and receive him, call upon his name to save us because we're sinners. Jesus is the savior. We are sinners. Sinners need a savior. There's only one, and his name is Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for saving our soul. Thank you, Jesus, for making us whole. And we will always remember our dear mother that did the best that they could do to mold and make us the best that we could be. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 God bless you all. Thank you again for tuning in. You can find our podcasts on Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you find podcasts. We'd love for you to join us at the First Baptist Church in Coleraine for Sunday morning worship at 11 a.m. We are located at 81 Foundry Village Road, Coleraine, Massachusetts. If you have any questions or inquiries, please feel free to call the church at 413-624-8886. Hope to see you soon. God bless.